Hi, my name is Umberto Mucci and this is We The Italian News, a podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Thursday, October 13, 2022. There has been a sharp increase in COVID infections in the last weeks in Italy with the plus 52% in seven days accompanied by an upswing in hospitalizations, both ordinary plus 31.8% and intensive care plus 21.1%. The only good note is the the drop of deaths with minus 8.5%, but by now we have learned that this figure follows the trend of the others, usually a week behind the ICU figure. The increase in new cases involves all regions, although also in a very heterogeneous way. In fact, it ranges from plus 18.4% in Sardinia to plus 132% in Valle d'Aosta. The increase was recorded in all provinces except Crotone and Calabria. These data are greatly affected by the slow progress of the vaccination campaign, especially on the photos for the elderly and frail, and the decision to say goodbye definitely to the mask requirement, even in crowded places. In addition, the flu season is coming. With the cold weather, we will stay more indoors, and therefore the virus can circulate more, also because we will have to limit heating due to the energy crisis, and therefore it will be more difficult to open windows to circulate air without feeling cold. On this, too, there is anticipation as to what decisions the new government will make when it is installed. The last act of the Draghi government, the old one, was to write the guidelines of the next budget law. This is of course due, but the old government has left it to the new government when it is in office to take care of filling in the general guidelines with the economic policies chosen by the new political majority that came out victorious in the elections. These are simply forecasts of the development of public accounts under current legislation. The document takes note of the province due to the inflation and the energy crisis and forecasts a recession in the first quarter of 2023 and then recovery from the following quarter driven by an increase in war demand, a drop in gas prices and an increasing contribution of the recovery plan to Italian GDP. Obviously, these are forecasts that do not take into account the decisions that the next government can and will want to make, which will affect the actual data of the Italian economy. And just as I am recording this video, in this very moment, the two chambers of the Italian Parliament are meeting for the first time with newly elected parliamentarians, with the aim of electing the presence of the House and the President of the Senate. As per practice, presiding over the first session of the new Senate will be the most senior senator, and in this case it is Liliana Segre, Senator for Life, a Jewish survivor of the concentration camps after the roundups ordered by the fascist government together with the Nazi allies just before World War II. It is likely that as early as today, if the senators reach an agreement, Senator Segre could announce the election of the new president of the Senate, which, according to rumors in the Italian media, should be Ignazio Benito La Russa. The middle name Benito was given him, of course, by his family in honor of Mussolini, of whom Ignazio La Russa has always been an avowed great admirer and of whom he keeps a large collection of busts and memorabilia at home. If it happens, it will be an interesting moment at the very least. It should not be forgotten that on October 28, 15 days from today, it will be exactly a hundred years since the March on Rome, which marked the beginning of Mussolini's seizure of power and the fascist 20-year period. According to newly published search, uh, research, 8 out of 10 Italians say they are ready to consume less and better to save money on their utility bills and protect the environment. 
Half of them are ready to change their lifestyle only partially because there are things they would not give up while the rest are ready to do so immediately and totally. The study then tried to segment the Italian population into four clusters to better understand who are the people who say they are more or less likely to change their daily behaviors. The greatest resistance is seen among the economically vulnerable, less educated, single, elderly and residents of smaller municipalities. To this cluster belongs 15% of the population, about 9 million Italians, who have already minimized their energy consumption and lack purchasing power to meet the cost of their ability bills. The second cluster, 48% of Italians with more adults, elderly and childless couples, prioritizes environmental sustainability and is more concerned than average about social sustainability. They also pay more attention to managing home appliances, power consumption and car use. Then there are those who are part of the third cluster, 30% of Italians. They are mainly young people, women, middle-income earners, self-employed and small business owners. Their priority to environmental sustainability is tempered by their focus on economic sustainability. They fear energy cost inflation and are ready to change their behaviors. However, they know that the use of green energy and solutions will have to balance with limited budgets. In the four clusters, 7% of Italians, there are mostly men, adults, high school graduates, couples with children, employed people and even people with high incomes. They are followers of green cultures. For them, environmental sustainability is the top priority. On energy, <clears throat> they are concerned about the risks of scarcity and rising prices. They see high bills as an incentive to change their daily behaviors in a green direction. According to a recent report, it takes just under seven years of salary to buy an average-sized non-new construction apartment in Italy's major cities, with the outsized peak being Milan in Lombardy, where the figure nearly doubles to 12.8 years of salary. Rome in Lazio and Florence in Tuscany follow with 9.1 annuities. The cities where the fewest salary annuities are needed are Palermo in Sicily and Genoa in Liguria, with 3.6 and 3.5 respectively. However, the current figure is low if one takes the more or less recent past. Going back in time, the years when it took the most annuities to buy a house were 2006 and 2007, when price growth rates peaked. At that time, the most expensive city where it took the most annuities to pay for a house was Rome in Lazio with 14.8 annuities, followed by Milan in Lombardy with 14 annuities and Florence with 12.5 annuities. And still on the subjects of rankings concerning Italian cities, another data point concerns that of the cities with the best climate based on 13 indicators, including average temperatures and rainy days in a year. A new research puts together more than 10 million pieces of data collected over the last 12 years in an attempt to compile a ranking that describes the feeling of well-being of residents in different Italian cities. In the top five of the 180 Italian provinces are Imperia and Savona in Liguria, then Massa in Tuscany, Catanzaro in Calabria, and in fifth place Ancona in Marche. By contrast, the last five cities in this ranking are starting from last place and moving up Cremona in Lombardy, Salerno in Campania, Parma and Reggio Emilia in Emilia Romagna, and Oristano in Sardinia. In a nation that stretches nearly 1300 kilometers between its northernmost and southernmost points, 
Climate variability is very high. In addition, our country boasts the highest mountain range in Europe and is surrounding on three sides by the sea, a meteorologically complex situation, one of the most varied on the continent, moving from areas with a cold alpine climate to areas with a temperate subtro subtropical climate. Going deep into the various factors reveals interesting data and confirmation, confirmations of the Italian climate. For example, Lecce in Apulia is the place where it is most difficult to sleep in summer because of tropical nights which are those characterized by high nighttime temperatures. Udine and Pordenone in Friuli Venezia Giulia are the top two ranking cities for the number of rainy days and rainfall intensity. Belluno in Veneto is the city with the most daytime cloudiness, Caserta in Campania the most prone to heat waves. Rome is the city with the greatest daily temperature range that is the greatest difference between the maximum and minimum temperatures on the same day. Lodi in Lombardy, on the other hand, is the foggiest city like many others in the Po Valley, the Pianura Padana, where stagnant humidity and lack of wind are a constant throughout the year. Also today, I'd like to end this video with three small pieces of good news. The first is about the export of Italian food, which fortunately knows no crisis. Sales were, were positive also in the first seven months of 2022, after having reached the historic milestone of 52 billion euros in 2021. In fact, 34.5 billion euros were collected from January to July, an increase of 18% over the same period last year. Value sales figures are affected by a strong increase in prices, but volume exports are also growing, especially for Italian foods and most representative references. Pasta, bakeries, sparkling wines, fresh and aged cheeses, hams and canned tomatoes. Italian food exports are growing at double-digit rates in both EU countries 21% and non-EU countries 16% favorite in the latter case, also by the weakness of the euro against the dollar. The number about the US is a very positive plus 21%. The second good news is about tourism. Italy has been confirmed as one of the most popular holiday destinations for foreign tourists in Europe. Last year a remarkable number of foreign nations, namely 75% of Americans and 88% of Brazilians, cited it as their favorite destination on the whole continent. Among Europeans it is the French, 74%, who visit Italy the most, followed by Germans, 70%, and Britons, 65%. Foreigners choose Italy because they consider it an interesting, welcoming and safe destination. The tourists' favorites are, unsurprisingly, Rome in Lazio, Florence in Tuscany, Venice in Veneto, Pisa in Tuscany, but also Milan in Lombardy, Naples in Campania, and waterside destinations such as Sicily, the Amalfi Coast in Campania, Lake Como in Lombardy, and Lake Garda, which is between Lombardy and Veneto. Last but not least, let's talk about innovation. <coughs> A startup from Milan has patented a technology that allows drugs to be tested on lab-created human tissue, supplanting animal testing. The company reproduces parts of human organs, miniature ones, and the lab and works with pharmaceutical companies on this for testing. Right now, there are already three validated models available, cardiac toxicity, fibrosis, and osteoarthritis. They, these are products already on the market, and there are already customers using them. The company says that we may soon reach a stop to animal testing on drug efficacy, but not on toxicity because it is much more regulated. It will take much longer there to replace animal models, but we are sure we will get there and it will be an Italian who will do it. It's all for now, it's all for today, so please stay safe and take care. My name is Umberto Mucci, this was with Italian News. I'll see you next Thursday. Ciao from Rome.